Kia ora Thanks team, that was beautiful. Today, um, as you, if you've been here for a while, we'll know we're speaking into the theme of faith, hope and love at the moment. Greg's been calling them the three core stabilisers of our walk with the Lord. So the things that the word says will remain when all the gifts and all else passes away. So today, the title of this message is called Love Covers and Love Aligns. So we're going to talk about the fact that as our perfect father, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of our father. He loves us unconditionally. He created us and chose us before the beginning of time. And we can't be separated from him. And (laughs) as a loving parent... He wants to create an environment where we come into the full maturity and fullness of who he made us to be. And um, those two things in him are one. Sometimes we are more comfortable, we're all probably more comfortable with with the softer, he chose us, he loves us, nothing can separate us. But his love wouldn't be complete and wouldn't be his love without accepting that actually, like a loving parent, he wants us to thrive and be as he made us to be. Um, Not surprising at all, given that he's always working in everything to um, grow us up, that in preparing a message on aligning, um, I've been through a bit of an aligning process myself. Um, And it's quite beautiful, and as often in God, things... They're subtle, but they're seismic at the same time, so they seem really small, but they're actually really big in the same way that a disc in a back only needs to be out by way less than a millimetre to cause quite a lot of problem in the body. It's the same in him. He'll often whisper something that looks little, but as you start to um, see it, it's big. So my dear friend Cherie's going to come up and help me demonstrate this thing that he showed me. Thank you, Cherie, who loves being on stage. <laughs> um, so as I previously, when I've spoken here, a week or so out, I've had a reasonable amount of clarity about what he was that he wanted to bring. Yeah, bubble, see? <laughs> um, and the work with him has really been a crafting exercise of, okay, that's what you want to bring. Here are the themes. Um, and what's in, what's out. But I've had, a, I've had quite a lot of clarity. This time, I talked to Greg about the general theme of this, but I didn't have any clarity at all. And I was lying in bed a week or so ago saying to him, so what's the, what's the process going to be, Lord? I could see in the spirit like a disc. And I was like, what's the process by which I pull this out of the heavenlies and into a message? And he really clearly showed me that it wasn't like this. He showed me a picture of myself looking up and a bubble coming down from heaven, and the receiving, bubbles pop, but the word of God doesn't. This is the receiving posture. The posture is up to the source, him, not for a message, but for him, and then looking at him, receiving. Can you see how, thank you, Cherie, that's beautiful. You can now. (laughs) Um, The reason I show it to you, do appreciate that. Um, And see what I mean, that it's both of them, I knew that it was from him, there was no point in me making up a thing myself, but one of them, 
that disc was like a two-dimensional thing that I could kind of see and probably grab some bits at in the way I could grab a bubble and there'd be a bit of bubble on my hand, but it's not that helpful. Whereas this has an integrity to it, right? It's a, a fully formed thing that I need to position myself to receive in its fullness. Um, so there's the what I want, so my posture correction was the less of this, keep looking up, hold your hand out. There is another posture, which is the hands out to receive, but the eyes are this way. So I believe, and I've asked, and now I'm kind of getting on with my life. And that posture's not looking at the source of where it's going to come from, so it's unlikely it's going to see it as it comes. And there's another one, actually, which is that I can see the bubbles. You know, as people are speaking, I can hear what's been saying, said. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I probably agree with it, but I'm not positioned to receive. My hand isn't out, so it's got nowhere to land. Um, and it was just amazing that in seeing that, literally lying in my bed that night seeing that, it was just like something clicked. And then every time I thought about this message, I just turned back to him. And then one day came into my hand. Um, and the other part of this picture is that he showed me in the delivery of this. So my part is just to blow it off my hand. Right? So I'm giving breath to what he's saying, but that's all I'm doing. Um, and so it's for you to posture yourself to look above me to him ready to receive the fullness of what he's saying to you. Not the disc, not a part of it, but the full what he has to say. Uh, I do just want to clarify, I'm not saying that his word and his eternal purposes are fragile like a bubble and that we can break them by doing or not doing things. His word's unshakable. It is going to stand. It's about our ability to fully receive the fullness and the integrity of what it is that his purpose is. So I'm just going to quickly pray about that, and then we'll talk a bit more about some more alignment. (laughs) So Father, thank you for what you've already said today. Thank you for what you have to say. Thank you that you have something to say to all of us. And as our perfect Father, you always have something to give to us. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to position ourselves to hear what it is that you have to say If we do need to adjust our posture, Lord, thank you that you are a good father and you will, you will show us and make that adjustment for us. In Jesus' name. So, alignment. So yeah, we will, we'll start with that 1 Corinthians 13 passage, the passage that we all know and love about love. God is love. This is God. So from verse 4, um, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. <laughs> it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And it's such a, uh, 
a well-known passage, but partly because it is so comforting, I think. Like, it just is such a beautiful description of the way our Father loves and his um, absolute desire for the best for us and for others. Probably, um, well, to me, more uncomfortable when I read it is the Hebrews 12 passage about God's love. So we're in Hebrews 12 from verse 12 here. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And then it says, this is where it gets a bit less comfortable for me. (laughs) In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Everyone. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So that's quite a long passage to read, but I think it's quite important to see that this piece about the Lord's discipline comes after the piece about setting our sights on Jesus as the author and perfecter of faith. And so this is part of the process by which he perfects us. We see this um, as natural parents. Um, We want our kids to mature into the fullness of who they can be. So we're going through a process with one of our guys at the moment where um, we're saying to them, look, um, you're really lucky that until now you've been able to do pretty well at school without a whole heap of effort. But the reality is that if that continues, at some point, you'll get stuck. There'll be things that you won't be able to achieve because you haven't learnt a set of more mature skills about putting effort in. And that's, we don't do that because we really enjoy (laughs) going through the process with this kid of trying to help them apply themselves. We do it because we can see what it will cost him if he doesn't learn these set of skills. And this is the same with us and the Lord. And it's such a... um, Interesting passage, like just before it talks about don't make light of the Lord's discipline, it says, have you forgotten this word of encouragement? And I think when we see it through the lens of this is a father who wants the best for us, it is encouraging. It says, actually, my father loves me enough to not just let me continue on as I am. It also acknowledges that it's not pleasant at the time, um, but painful, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. So it's just it's such a beautiful passage because it kind of it describes um, 
how it is for us. It doesn't kind of say, get over yourself, toughen up. It says, this is painful. It's just that it's worth it because there's something greater. So sometimes, and we talked about this a bit here through last year um, when we um, talked about pressure tests, sometimes something happens in our lives that facilitates this growth. Some external event, either that God leads us into or that just happens because we live in a world where bad things happen, but there's growth and alignment that comes through that. Other times, he actually wants to have a conversation with us and work us through it without there necessarily having to be some great catastrophe or adventure to catalyse it. Um, And that's what I want to talk about today, is just tuning into his voice when he is speaking into an area of our lives. And we can't do the change, but there are some keys to how to posture ourselves to allow him to do that change. Um, So... (laughs) It's kind of amazing, almost hard to, hard to describe how he works on so many levels. And um, so some stuff that he's been walking me through lately has also been where some of where he's showing me some of these broader things around alignment. So um, through the summer period, I'd noticed the summer that there's this bit of a pattern that happens where we get to the summer holidays, we've all been quite full on, and then the holidays come and it's like, yay, we're going to relax. And then I kind of go into this, right, how are we going to have, make the most of our relaxing? <laughs> They're like, what quality family activities are we going to do to make the most of our relaxing? And the rest of the family's like, we're quite relaxed, actually, so maybe just, we could just relax, eh? Um, and what the Lord, so it started actually through, one day this was going on and this friction was emerging, and the Lord said to me, come away and go for a run. I want to talk to you about some stuff. So I did, and the family probably said, hallelujah, she's gone. Um, But he started to talk to me about, he's like, Joe, I did make you with a lot of energy and a capacity to function when there's a lot going on, but you're actually using that for evil and not good right now. You are using that capacity to try and drive and define things in the family which are actually about you and not the family. So I would have said, this is good family activity. There's nothing wrong with wanting to go to the beach or go for a walk, but he's going under that, right? He's going to a deeper level and he's saying, but why? Why are you wanting that? Um, And one of the crazy ends of God is, so he takes me running to tell me I need to learn to be still. (laughs) However, he also says, but actually I did make you with a lot of energy on purpose and I didn't make everybody the same. And so there is a process, including exercise, where I define how that energy is to be harnessed and used. So can you see the crazy ands in God that I could have easily either gone, I'm just a really high energy person, so I need to just use my energy in more outwardly godly looking ways. Um, or I need to be still, so I'm going to stop all activity and try and learn to be still. Whereas he's like, actually, just walk with me, and we're going to untangle this. And we are. <laughs> don't know how far through that process are, but I'm seeing stuff. But I'm also in the running, which was the thing he was using to talk to me. He's also showed me some things about how he works in alignment more generally, which I'm going to share about today. 
The first one is um, let him define where you're really at and where to start with this. Don't look at the... So in a sense, I could see the symptom, right? I hadn't seen it before, but I started to see this behaviour with the family. But it was I would have never gone, so the solution is to come away and go running with the Lord, right? That was his solution. Um, and we often don't know where we really are, you know? He knows things that are on a much deeper level than we do because he made us and he knows everything. Um, so the first time, there's a bit of a pattern here around me and running in the Lord. So the first time he asked me to run was several years ago and I really didn't want to. And one of the reasons I didn't want to is because I'd tried before and I'd never succeeded. Um, and it turns out the reason for that is because I'd always, my, my approach was, okay, I want to run for 30 minutes, it's going to be a horrible process getting there, but let's do it as fast as possible. So I'd try on the first day to run for 10, and then I'd be really sore for three days, and then I'd try that once more and be sore and call the whole thing off. <laughs> but this time, I started with this little tool, when I first then called the Couch to 5K. It's a little app on a phone. The old-fashioned version is the, you know, run for a lamppost, walk for a lamppost, but... Um, I would have, before this, I, I would have, because it starts so basic, it's designed for people who aren't fit and within eight weeks, if you've got no issues, you can run for 30 minutes. Um, and I wouldn't have liked to have put myself in that category. I knew I wasn't fit, but this is just super basic. So like the first week, you run three times, you walk for five minutes, you do eight lots of run for a minute, walk for 90 seconds, and then you walk for five minutes. So of 30 minutes, you're running for eight in one-minute bursts. And I was just would have thought I could, I'm capable of more than that. Um, but I'll tell you, in that first week, by that eighth one, I was kind of ready for the minute to finish because that is actually where I was at. And then slowly over time, it builds up. And then, again, a little bit like our walk with God, things happen like your one day you run for eight minutes and walk for five and then run for another eight, so that's 16 minutes with a five-minute break in the middle, and then the next day it tells you to run for 20, <laughs> and you're like, that's, but I've only run a maximum of eight, I'm doing more than twice that, but it knows, right, this app has taught lots of people how to run successfully, it knows some of these patterns and principles, and you've just got to let go into it and trust that it knows what it's doing, and so this is, this was the teacher for running, this app, the Holy Spirit's our teacher, and it's the same principle. Just don't be ashamed of where you're at. Like I did, I was like, oh, it's quite embarrassing, this run, walk, run, walk, around the streets thing. Um, but if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be running now. And it's the same in him. And nobody here, don't worry about what we think. Because actually what we'll think is awesome. <laughs> you're listening to the Holy Spirit and doing as he asks. And we're all on that journey. Um, just a couple of scriptures just to reinforce that point that we don't know where we're at sometimes. So Proverbs 16.2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but the motives are weighed by the Lord. So this is this quality family time thing. Right? That didn't look like a bad thing to be doing. or, But he's like, actually, but the motivation is not right, it's not actually coming out of love for your family, 
It's coming out of you trying to get a need met. Hard for people to see that from the outside, hard for me to see, but true. And then Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Again, it's it's the fact that this is in Scripture says to me, the psalmist had to pray this. It makes it clear that he knew that he couldn't see everything in his heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I think that's probably a prayer that we should think about praying over ourselves. I think it keeps us in that place of, of humility and going, we don't always see. We don't need to because we've got the Holy Spirit. We just need to, to accept his function in our lives. And a bit like the, um, the running example where I'd start because I thought I should be better than I was with too much. Um, the same applies in our walk that discouragement often comes when we try and out of our own strength go, right, I'm going to do whatever it is we think we need to do. I'm going to be less angry at my kids. And then every time we get angry, we get discouraged. And that can actually lead us to disengage from the Lord. Whereas actually, if you incline your ear to him, he's probably talking about what the source of that anger is. And over time, he will unravel that. And it will be a much gentler process where you'll be much more, he's much less brutal (laughs) on us than we can be on ourselves when we try and go through those I'm going to be a better mother or a better whatever processes. Um, Because the other thing is that, um, like a building, things happen in order. And if if there's a foundation missing and we're trying to deal with the next level, it's just not going to stand up. And we'll keep being like, oh, why does this not keep, working here but it's because there's a plank that needs to be put in place so this next one back to our running picture is that we need to focus on alignment, not on, in running speak, speed or distance. Um, so particularly when it gets hard, so in this, I know that you runners amongst us will be judging me that I ever found it hard <laughs> to run 30 minutes, but I did, really hard. And there'd be times where I was like, I actually can't go on. I'd be on a hill, it would be hot. I'd be like, I've just... I'm actually running so slowly that I could be walking. And that would be true, right? Like, in fact, Nick saw it, drove past once, and that was true. So, <laughs> um, However, you don't stop and start walking. What you do is you go back to basics and focus on alignment. So what that means in running, when the body gets tired, it starts to be inefficient. So it starts to twist and turn, Rather than the core being nice and strong and stable for the rest of the body, it turns. The head drops so you can't breathe. Feet pound the ground rather than rolling nicely. The arms thrash around. And what you need to do is rather than using all that energy doing things that actually are inefficient, focus on alignment. So slow down as much as you need, but have the parts of the body doing what they're meant to be doing. Feet 
I've learned quite a lot about running through this process. As the feet roll, they activate these big muscles, which are stronger than when they pound on the ground. They put all the pressure on the little muscles that aren't, can't carry you as far. So, um, and the interesting thing about that, if you look at really good distance runners, um, they look really relaxed. You actually hardly see them moving. They're really efficient. So you relax. When the body wants to tense up, you need to relax. Same here, right? So it's clear, including in that Hebrews 12 scripture that we read, which talks about running the race marked out for us with perseverance, gives very much a sense that this is a marathon rather than a sprint. So there will be times when it's hard and there will be times when we get tired. Don't worry about how fast you're going or the fact you don't feel like you're making any progress because we all feel like that sometimes, but focus on alignment. So what that means in him is at least these things, possibly more. Um, don't tense up and do that. I've got to do it as fast as I can. I'm going too slowly. Look to him as the source and the one who's marked this race out for us and rest into him. So rather than going into that, I need to be better, just melt back into him and keep going. And um, sometimes, if you have a time where, sometimes I kind of find that I just can't quite do that. I've kind of got myself into this place and I know I need to find my way back to him, but I can't quite melt into his people instead, right? If you can't quite find your way, they'll point you there. Rather than, again, that thing of going, I can't because I'm such a mess and whatever. Just when someone says, how are you? Just say, this is how I am. That's one of the reasons we've got each other. So alignment. Um, and the thing is, in the same way that the that our bodies are designed, a well-aligned body will over time run further and faster. Um, but keeping thrashing around <laughs> out of line, actually you'll hurt yourself and you won't get very far. So I hope that's an encouragement. If you feel like you're a bit stuck and not going far, just keep going. Look to him. And this one's a little bit the other side of that. So that's the when it's really hard and you want to stop. <laughs> this one is about when you think you've got it and it's feeling quite good and quite easy. And the message there is stay in step with him then too. Don't think, yep, I've got this. Thanks for that lesson, like the one I talked to you about before. I've seen this, so I'm going to sort it out, or I've sorted it out and we're off again. Um, so my running parallel here, so eventually, <laughs> miraculously to me, I'd kind of got to the point where I could run for about 20 minutes, and at that point the body starts to transition, and it starts to feel much better. So it's not so painful usually that endorphins make you feel like you could keep running for a lot longer than what you maybe actually could. Um, so I was like, oh, this is cool. Thanks, God, for showing me this running thing. And then I was like, oh, but I'm nearly finished. I can nearly do 30, um, 5K. So maybe I'll try the Couch to 10K. So I downloaded this next app for Couch to 10K. And it was like, you know those parents there where your kids, they've had dessert and you see them going back for another lot and you just look at them 
And they go, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was like that. I was like, I knew that this was kind of missing the point to keep on running more, but I just kind of wanted to. And it was like I deleted this thing, and it was like, delete it. <laughs> and I have, because that wasn't the point. Like, it, it is true for me and how he's made me that I do need to manage my energy, but it is not true that running is now to be my God and every time I feel agitated, the solution is an external one. <laughs> Funny, I, I'm, this is why he has to be patient. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think particularly with this, this is the thing that often happens when we think we have got stuff. You know, we're like, yep, thanks for that alignment, off we go. Um... And again, the, the body parallel with this is um, when a part of the body is out of alignment, we go to a professional for diagnosis and treatment. Sometimes what we tend to do is he talks to us about something that needs aligning, and we go, oh, cool, yeah, I've seen that now, thanks. And then we start to prescribe the treatment. And actually, often even in the physical body, the back will be sore, but the hamstrings will need to be treated because it's actually them that are causing the pressure on the back. And he made our bodies as a picture, right? He made them on purpose so that they could show us some of these pictures. Um, so it's not surprising that it's the same in him, that we're going, oh, here's the problem, and he's going, here's the solution. He's a genius. <laughs> um, so let's look at Matthew 11 from verse... 27. So this is Jesus speaking. Thanks, guys. So Jesus says here, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And again, it was interesting um, to me, that because I knew this, um, come to me who are weary and heaven burdened, partly because he says to me quite a lot, let me teach you. <laughs> let me teach you. Um, but it's interesting that it's just before that Jesus talks about how he is the source of all of the Father's knowledge, right? He's the way to the Father, but he knows all the Father's ways, and there are, no one else does. <laughs> so it's interesting that he's saying, I am the only way, but here's the promise, come to me and I will teach you my ways. Um, but this, take my yoke upon you. So a yoke usually holds together farm animals, and it does two things. One is it shares the burden across them so that the burden doesn't fall too heavily on either one animal or one part of one animal. And it also keeps connection so that they can't pull away from each other. And so that's what he's saying. He's asking us to take that yoke on ourselves. It's a, a choosing thing as opposed to let, you know, let me put it on you. He's saying take it. This is that choice bit about where sometimes he's He's going to do it, but he's saying, do you actually want me to? Because you need to choose to walk with me through this. 
Sometimes he'll decide that, you know, he's going to create situations that really force the issue, but I don't think he always does because he actually, in the same way that there'll be a point with our kids when they get to a certain level of maturity where you're like, well, choose then. (laughs) And I think that's him with us too. There is a choice piece, but it's, it's the good end of the deal. He's saying, take my yoke, but it's easy and my burden's light. Speaking to, you know, in a context where people had been burdened by religious activity and religious expectations. So yeah, if we want if we want to come into his rest and stay there, then we need to stay connected to him and let him teach us and not keep running off in our own strength and wisdom of what we think is right because we know that there's ways that seem right to men and they end in death and then did you guys Terry did you guys get a picture a photo there we go isn't it beautiful (laughs) it's a bit blurry thankfully because it's not the best picture you've ever seen of me (laughs) that's all right because we're family um So this is about what happens when we can't see fully. We know that the Lord's talking about something, but we can't see fully. So this is a picture of us last Sunday. We um, were really blessed for Christmas to get a voucher for a horse trek. So we went last week, and that's us on our horses up in Ohadia Valley. Um, My horse, that one at the back there, was beautiful, and his name was Clayton. And when I got on him, they said to me, oh, this is Clayton, he's a darling, he's blind in one eye, so he likes to stay near the back of the pack. And my initial reaction was, oh, that's adorable. I've got the, he's so sweet, but he's a bit blind. How, how lovely. <laughs> and then as we got going, see those tracks behind? You can see they're quite narrow. And in some places, they're quite steep. So as we got going, I was a bit like, this, this now seems a bit crazy because... <laughs> Horses can only, you know, their eyes are on the side of their head. So I'm like, you know, in these streets, you're not, you don't usually have to steer the horses because they, you know, they're well trained. But I was like, I think I'm going to have to steer this horse because we're getting quite close to the edges here and I'm not so thinking it's a good idea now. However, the amazing thing and the reason that Clayton stayed near the back of the pack is because he followed the line of the other horses, so he couldn't see. There would be a cliff right here, and he couldn't see it because he only could see this way, but he could see how the others were walking. And the tighter it got, like the really scary bits, again, I was like, gosh, he's following really close to that horse in front. But the tighter he needed to follow because he knew he couldn't see, but he knew that these guys could. I was just amazed as we were walking along. I was just like, oh, you're just speaking all the time. And the beauty of it is that we all finished, all four of those horses finished. When you look at them there, you don't know that he's half blind. He looks as beautiful as the rest of them. He's no less part of the herd because he couldn't quite see. But he was just trusting the others and working in relationship with them. And that is a picture for us. Um, So none of us can see fully at the moment. We are, unlike him, we are to grow to see more over time. But God's design isn't for me to get to the point where I can see everything and then I'm off and I don't need you anymore. At all. At all. 
And the encouragement here, I think, is don't worry about what you can't see. Position yourself under him to learn and grow and know that he's put you in a family where other people can see and we can see different things from each other. I mean, I would much rather, you know, as the person on the back of that horse, I would much rather he did that than went, oh no, I can, you know, I'm just going to wing it here and work with my one eye. Hmm. So just to, um, yeah, just to underscore the point that maturity in him doesn't look like independence at all. Right? It's not, I can see more now, so that means I don't need Greg and Chris and Nick. It's, I can see more now, so I have more to bring. But actually, they're growing, so they can see more too. Right? It's, yeah. It's just not the same as some of what we learn in the world, which is the, the greatest strength is independence. So let's go to Ephesians 4, which we hopefully know well, but I do think we need to just keep reminding ourselves that this is, this is the design. So we're from verse 11. Thanks, guys. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in, faith, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God, of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Right? So the fivefold have a function, but it's not just about them. Not more important, not better just a set of functions, every part does its work, supported by every ligament. We've all got a part to play. They all matter. And then let's do 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 12 too. This one's even in some ways more stark about we need all the parts, all the parts need each other. (laughs) We can't get away from each other. If we want to grow up. Lucky we love each other. So, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it should not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If, there were, if they were all one part, where would the body be? 
as it is. There are many parts but one body. And then the next bit says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And it goes on. And this goes a bit to what Russell was saying, that we were all chosen by God to be his people and to be part of his body. So it's not for us to say who's in and who's out, and it's not for me to say if I feel like I'm in or out, I am in, so are you. We're all part of one body and we all belong to each other. And the question is just are we going to walk this out in relationship so that we can all mature into the fullness of who the Lord's created us to be as individuals who will be different from each other but will all reflect who he is together. So I am... Those were the the kind of keys, I guess, in terms of posture, how to posture ourselves to allow him to do this aligning work, remembering always that he's doing it as a good father who wants to see us be able to continue to grow, not to make it hard for us, but he knows that if if this work doesn't occur, there'll be points where we, we get stuck and can't be everything he wants us to be. And I do I do sense that for some of us, and as you've heard, he's doing it in me, that there are conversations that he's trying to start and he's not being heavy-handed about it. He's, he is saying, come away with me. There's just something here that I want to talk to you about. And all he's asking is that you position yourself. So, yes, Lord, I hear you. I'm prepared to and want to receive what it is that you have to say to me. Even if it is a bit uncomfortable and unpleasant, he promises that the, that the harvest from these uncomfortable discipline processes are peace and righteousness. So um, just encourage you to just, just melt into him. Just go, okay, let's, let's have this conversation. And remember, you don't have to do it on your own. So we're here. Like we're saying, like, we will celebrate with you that you're prepared to go to where it is that he's asking you to go. We can't do it for you, but we can walk with you in it and support you in it. So I'll just pray. We'll be done. So, um, Father, thank you that you are such a perfect father. Even as parents who love our kids, it is just, just hard to conceive of just how much you love us and the lengths you go to, Lord, to see us thrive and flourish in the way you created us to. And I just ask, Father, that as you knock on the doors of our hearts, Lord, and ask us to walk with you, to bring alignment to areas of our lives that maybe we've considered off-limits before, um, I thank you, Lord, that you will be faithful to bring us the rest that you promise. Thank you, Lord, that your plans for us are good. In Jesus' name.